Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Mark chapter 14, verse 3 through 8. Thank you, praise team. Thank you for leading us. Thank you, Sister Andrea. Thank you, Madison. Being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, As he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she break the box, poured it on his head. There were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence, have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me, but ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me, ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She is a come aforehand to anoint my body. To the burial. With the help of the Lord, the next little bit of time I want to preach to you from this subject. The power of commitment. The power of commitment. Lord, I thank you for what we have felt. I thank you for what we have experienced. You're a good God. What you're about to speak to the hearts of men and women in this place today. I pray they will never leave this house the same way. And Lord, they will truly pray whatever it takes. God, I must be committed to what you are calling me and asking of me to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. I want to emphatically declare and say that God desires more than anything else from us. And that what, what he desires more than anything else in us is total commitment. Not partial involvement. Not conditional service. Not situational commitment. But what God desires is someone who will leave everything else behind to serve Him with their whole heart. 
God is not necessarily looking for people who simply just keep laws and standards or live exemplary lives. He values, somebody say, commitment. God values commitment in our lives over talent, over perfection. Commitment, I would say, is the acid test as to whether we will be pleasing in God's eyes or not. Let me give you a quick example. It's found in Matthew chapter 19, verse number 16. And behold, one came unto him, saying, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, which, Jesus said, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said unto him, all these things I have kept from my youth up. What lack I? Yet, and Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, somebody say perfect, go and sell all that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Here we find a man who had kept the law, who was morally pure from his youth up, yet lacked the commitment, somebody say commitment, to abandon everything the world had to offer and follow Jesus by faith. It was from one experience with Jesus, one of whom he initiated, one of whom he presented himself before God Almighty, uh, it was that lack of commitment that cost him an opportunity to follow Jesus. Uh, I would submit to you this morning, uh, before we can truly follow him, we must, uh, I said we must completely separate ourselves uh, from an old life uh, and its pleasures. Uh, one writer or one minister said a long time ago, you can't steal second with your foot still on first. Hallelujah. We can't have the best of both worlds and understand the power and the revelation of commitment. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. But many people try and walk the fence and try to maintain the connection with the past, with the world, with pleasures of sin, and still try and serve God hear your pastor this morning it just doesn't work like that God wants full commitment from his followers full commitment from those that take up their cross and follow him James 1 and 8 a double minded man is unstable 
in all, somebody say all, his ways. I submit to you this morning as the premise, the foundation, the building block of this message. More than anything, I said more than anything, God desires our unequivocal, reckless, total commitment to Him. Hallelujah. Above all else, I'm committed to him. You say, Pastor, I've separated myself from the world in my actions, in my dress, in my conversation. Isn't that enough? No, it's not enough to be separated from the world. We must be separated unto the gospel. Yes, we're separated from a world. We're in this world. We're of this world. We're in this world. We've been born in this world. But when God born, reborns us and we're born again, we're separated unto a gospel. I think too many times we try, we focus so hard on getting out of Egypt, we forget there's a promised land that's waiting on us. Abram. Abraham at the time, Abram at the time was called out of Ur unto Canaan. But he stopped at Haran and stayed there until his father died. Out of Ur, but not in Canaan. I said, out of Ur, daddy never got to see the promises of God. Daddy never got to experience what God spoke to his son Abraham. I just wonder how many times we stop just short of total commitment and we never see or experience the promises that God has prepared for us. We've got to be convinced more than ever. This is the only way to get to heaven. Except a man be born again of water and spirit. I think sometimes we've had the Holy Ghost too long. We forgot what it was like to be a rank sinner. What it was like to be lost without God. We forget what it's like when we walked in a church one night. And something wasn't right. But something got a hold of me. Something began to move me. Something began to change me. Something began to shake me. When we got the Holy Ghost, we was willing to give up anything. We was willing to do whatever it took. But his life and circumstance and just, just, just things and cares of this life press. It's a lot harder to turn that loose now. It's a, hard, it's a lot harder to be totally committed now. But Paul in Romans chapter 1 verse 1, a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. When Saul was converted on the road to Damascus, something happened to him. Yes, a bright light was shine, shine down from heaven. Yes, he was the persecutor of Christians. But when God got through with him, he could not be joined. He could not be like he was before. He said, if I'm going to disconnect to that, I've got to join up with something that's greater than what I've been connected to. That's the power of the gospel. We can be separated unto the gospel God help the church if we're just separated from the world we have no power we have no demonstration if all we do is focus on separation from the world but if we will marry a, a separation from the world with a a commission and a committed unto the gospel We've got to get committed more now than ever to this gospel. 
Neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm talking about separating unto a gospel. Our good works will not please God in and of itself. I'm going to say that again. Yes, we are saved unto good works. But our good works will not please God in and of itself. Because if we're not careful, he said our righteousness is like filthy rags. We must be sold out, our heart and soul, to the cause of Christ. When we hold, let me say it like this, when we withhold nothing from him. When we let nothing stand in our way. When we put nothing above him, then he is pleased. In our text this morning, we find a, one of the most beautiful stories of a woman who we believe to be Mary, the sister of Martha. In Mark chapter 14, verse 3, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment. Of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. We find Luke's writing in Luke 7 37, and behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, 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 not a disciple, sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box. I don't know if y'all catching anything I just read. A sinner knew that Jesus said it made at the Pharisee's house. Brought an alabaster box of anointment. John's gospel contains an account very similar to this one, and he specifically names Mary, the sister of Martha. But this setting is in the house of Lazarus after he had been raised from the dead. The events and the dialogue, the comments by Judas are the same. I want you to notice something about this setting. Jesus is sitting at the house of Simon the leper. Some feel that this is a leper that Jesus had already healed. Luke's account just calls him a Pharisee. If this be true, he has double the reason to be thankful. Jesus had already made the statement that he didn't come to minister to the Pharisees, but yet... He transcended the hypocrisy of this man's position to minister to his need. Now, I know this is pure speculation. I wouldn't hold this to be the gospel. and I know it really doesn't matter. What I do know is that Jesus is in the house of his friend. A friend who has much to be thankful for. So he invites Jesus and his disciples to come to his home for dinner. He has probably gone to great lengths to make sure everything is perfect for the visit of Jesus and his disciples. I'm sure he wanted to make sure the food was just right. He wanted to make sure the setting was just so comfortable. As was the custom, I am sure, that servants had washed Jesus' feet when he arrived and anointed him with oil, as was the custom when dignitaries came to dine. Everything that Mary would do, I'm sure, had already been done when Jesus arrived. 
This man who owed so much to Jesus had gone to great trouble and expense to show great appreciation. But in the midst of the supper enters a lady who has so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for that her words even fail her. Luke said that she just stood at his feet weeping, so overcome with emotion at what Jesus had done for her, she couldn't speak, she could only weep. And in the midst of that setting, Mary breaks the precious alabaster box filled with precious ointment that could have represented her life savings and poured it out on Jesus. While others in the room gave some, I believe that she gave all. I said, this little lady, break the box and gave all. And I've come this morning to tell you today, I believe there are five reasons why Mary's worship is so indicative of what God desires from us. A power of commitment in every one of us. When we understand and come in agreement with commitment, the true spirit of worship comes upon us and it says, I will give him all. I said all. Not part, not part of me, but all of me. According to what estimates may, that have been written out in the precious box of spikenard or ointment or perfume may have been worth up to 300 denarii. And if you could consider a day's wage, this would be about a year's worth of wages. This box or vase was possibly a family heirloom handed down throughout generations but when Mary came she didn't stop long enough she didn't she didn't stop by Rite Aid or Walgreens and pick up some Brute 33 or pick up some Old Spice she said oh no I've got the very best for the Messiah I'm gonna give him the most precious thing that I've got she didn't do it half-heartedly she did it with a level of commitment I believe as I read the scripture this week, she didn't give Jesus the leftovers. She gave him the best. She didn't give him the energy left over after she fulfilled her own desires. But she gave him the best that she had. She did not hold anything back. But she brought everything that was of value and importance to her and laid it at the feet of Jesus. Oh God, I pray this morning, give us the zeal for Christ that Mary had when she gave everything just to be at his feet. Oh, give us the zeal that Paul said in Philippians 3, 7 and 8. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the, Christ, of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. But count them but tongue. That I may win Christ. Oh God help us today. I will give everything away if I have to. I'll give away my dreams, my life, my goals, my aspirations, my ideas, my desires to him. Just so I can be near to him. That's the prayer. That's the prayer of Mary. And I wish to God it would be our prayer today. God, don't let us get drunk on success. 
I said, God, help us not to get drunk on success. We better not ever forget where our blessings come from. We better never forget where our blessings come from. The favor of God is not fair. We are blessed beyond and above measure. But when God asks of us and when God prompts us, we've got to be willing, not with a clenched fist, but with an open hand, say, you know what, God, you give. And God, I freely give back to you. Why? I understand the power of commitment. I've never received anything from a clenched fist. But I can tell you, Brother Logan, as long as my hands are open, it's conduit for whatever God has to flow through me. Oh, God, the power of total commitment. We've got too many with our hands in our pocket. We've got too many with closed fists. And God said, are you willing, above all else, to lay it at my feet? Are you willing to see the gospel go around the world? Are you willing to help a family in need all the way in Louisiana who don't have power, who don't have running water, who don't have gasoline, who don't have a roof over their head? When you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me is what the book says. Why are you so passionate about missions, Pastor? Why are you so passionate about helping other people? Why have you spent over $10,000 this weekend on hurricane relief? Because I understand the miracle is in the pouring. The miracle is in the blessing. It's when you pour out, God pours back in. It's when you give, God gives back. You don't give, Brother Brian, to get. But I've worked and I've seen the miracle hand of God. As we give, God gives back. As we pour, God gives back. You've come too late to tell me that God's not a giver God's not a giver back he gives back unto us he pours back I know that probably blew some of your minds we made one trip to Walmart after a funeral got every gas can I could get I didn't count them I said I want everything you got less 40 gas cans he said we just got them in I said I want every one of them how many generators you got? We got three generators. They just come in. Said, I want, I want them. My daughter's standing in line. They're watching. Guy walks up and gives a $100 bill and says, thank y'all for doing this. I can't go. But here's $100 to go toward this purchase. Well, that was a $2,200 order right there and a $100, $100 offering to help offset expenses. We get home from that funeral. I said, babe, we got to go to Sam's. We got to load up on some food. These people don't have nothing. I'm getting calls from pastors. They just gave their last bottle of water away. We got to do something. I said, we got to get some Gatorade. We got to get some. Well, now we got the gas cans. Now we got to get gas. Hey, huh? Yesterday, Brother Bobby Lewis, who will be here next Sunday. If, you, if you've never heard Brother Bobby Lewis, you're going to want to be here next Sunday. Missionary to Germany. Powerful man of God. He said, Pastor, I got two 55-gallon drums. Somebody just gave me the money to fill them up. I said, if you got the gas, I got the, I got the cans. 
He said, I'll meet you in Mandeville in the morning. And we're going to fill up all 40 of those, or as many as those cans as we can fill up. I, I said, if we got to drive somewhere else to get some more gas, we'll do it. It all started with, I'm willing to step out. God will meet you at your level of commitment. I'm going to say that again. God will meet you at your level of commitment. What are you willing Brother Weaver, the Bible said uh, uh, in days of old, uh, I believe it was Elisha or Elijah, they, they came to take the sons as bondsmen. And the prophet would say, go borrow vessels, but borrow not a few. Because God was willing to meet them at their level of... The level of drugs that was in there was the level that they were going to get filled. The level of presence that was there was what was going to get filled. I've come to prophesy unto us that God will meet us, will meet you, will meet your families at your level of commitment. That's the power of commitment. God will meet you there. Went to Sam Saturday, or it was Friday night, I believe it was my days and nights. I'm using this as a, an illustration to tell you how big God is and what God's going to do through every one of you. We get so many carts. I said, get that pallet of water. Get those two pallets of Gatorades. Get those two pallets of Capri Suns. They said, okay, okay. We went to the back. They started getting forklifts. They started moving and shaking. My wife went and got pampers and wipes. Things for ladies. I think we walked out of there with three, three, three of those long carts at Sam's full. Six pallets of drinks in the back room waiting on us to load up. $5,500 later. And ladies were just, y'all driving all the way this down to Louisiana? This going to Louisiana? I said, yes, man. We, we got churches in need. We got communities in need. And I said, this is just a drop in the bucket. And imagine this, in 30 minutes, all this will be gone. Tomorrow we'll feed about 300 people around lunchtime. Pork tenderloin sliders with baked beans and potato salad. People that may have not even had anything but a vein, a sausage, or a sardine. See, we're going to go home to our air conditioning in just a few moments. We're going to go to a restaurant and eat a nice meal. And, and we're going to enjoy the blessings and not have to worry about putting gas in our tank. Not worry about what we're going to but there's a whole community, I mean a whole southern part of the state of Louisiana. Oh, but we're just this little church in Hartsville, Alabama. No, we're not. We're the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're the hands and the feet of Jesus. And he's saying, I'll meet you sanctuary at your level. I will meet you at your level of commitment. I said, I'll meet you at your level of commitment. This little lady. I said, this little lady. Catch your second wind. This little lady understood one thing. Mary came to be a blessing. She didn't come to ask anything of Jesus. She didn't come to receive. She came to give. You see, when you learn the power of commitment, your priorities shift. Well, I just come to church today to receive my blessing. What if Jesus showed up to receive his? 
I said, what if Jesus showed up to receive his? What's, what's my, my worship and praise unto him is my, my gift to him. I just wonder if Jesus is sitting on the balcony of heaven today and wondering what will my people do today? How will they? I've come to receive the praise that is due my name. I've come to receive my worship. But I believe a few of us in here, when we think of the goodness of Jesus and all. I said, when we think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us, it'll put hand clapping in our hands. It'll put foot stomping in our feet. It'll put aisle running all over us because we know he's been better than good to us. I said, he's been better than good to us. Oftentimes we ask the Lord to bless us. But 14 times in the psalmist, in the psalms, David instructs us, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise, somebody say his praise, shall continually be in my mouth. The difference between Mary and everyone else at that dinner was this. Everyone else come to receive. They came to eat. But Mary is the only one that the Bible records didn't come to eat. She came after the food was over. They were still conversing. She didn't come to receive. She came to give. I said she came to pour it all. She came to give. You see Mary had a singleness of heart. She came only to see one person. She didn't come to see Simon. She didn't come to see Peter. She didn't come to see John or the other disciples. She wasn't detoured by their criticisms and by their accusations. What are you doing here? Who are you thinking you're coming up in here destroying our little party? Who do you think you are coming up into our little church? Be careful. You don't know who God's about to send in this building. You don't know where people have been that God's getting ready to send into the four walls of this church. You see, Mary understood something about commitment. She didn't come to look at the house. She came to see Jesus. She didn't come to hear her favorite preacher or stay home because he wasn't there. It didn't matter who else was in the house. She only came for Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It didn't matter who else was in that room. God knew who was in this room or who, who was in that room. Let me pastor for a few minutes, all right? Sometimes your pastor gets frustrated with the reasons that people decide to, well, I'm not going to come here. I'm not going to do this. I don't like this. From the music to the color of the carpet to personal preferences. It just makes me wonder, how long has it been since we just came into this house to worship him? Well, it's too cold. It's too hot. Somebody got my parking spot. I don't like the carpet. I don't like. When are we going to forget who's standing next to me? Who's sitting near me? And just say, you know what? I come to church today. I don't care who's here. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I don't care what anybody says. I've just come with the power of commitment.
to worship him, to love him. We're going to sing something old. We're going to sing something new. It's going to be hot some days. It's going to be cold some days. It's going to be this and it's going to be that. But at the end of the day, what have you come for? I've come to worship Jesus. I've come to lift up the name of Jesus. I've come to... What was your purpose this morning when you got out of your room, when you put on your clothes, got in your car? Was it to hear the music or sing in the praise team or just because some of your friends were here? We got to get back to a power of commitment that I'm coming to church to worship, to magnify, to love Him. I'm going to tell you the difference in dead church and a live church. The difference in a dead church and a live church, uh, show me the worshipers. I said, show me the worshipers. You show me the worshipers and I'll show you if a church is dead or alive. (laughs) Brother Brian, I was born in the fire. I can't settle in the smoke. I've got to have red hot, totally committed church. I remember the day I got the, the night I got the Holy Ghost. I remember where I was at. I remember what it felt like. I remember going home and calling my grandmother and grandfather and telling them I just got the Holy Ghost. The zeal of this house has got to eat us up. The power of commitment has got to permeate the atmosphere so that we're willing to worship Him no matter what the cost may be. I may not be your favorite preacher, and that's okay. That's not why we're here. The music may be a little slower or a little faster than you like it. That's not why I'm here. People may not be as friendly to me as I think they should be, but that's not why I'm here. But we better be friendly to people when they walk through those doors. You see a guest walk. You see a guest walk in our church. You see members walk in. It ought to never come out of our mouth. My Lord, that was a look of condemnation or judgment. We better be the most friendliest people that when people walk in here, when we begin to fellowship, when we begin to love, we better put a smile on our face. Because I'm telling you, God is looking for totally committed people. If we're going to be separated unto a gospel, we better, we better cast off. We better be an example of what the gospel should be like. You can have all the outward appearance. You can have it all the ABCs down. But if your attitude is rotten, you ain't got a smile on your face. The joy of the Lord ain't your strength. You're giving us a bad name over here at Sanctuary Community Church. You've given God a bad name. Because you don't understand. People look and they say, they do all that and they got that nasty attitude. I don't want nothing to do. I don't want the God they serve. I'm looking for something real. I'm looking for something that'll change my life. But you show me somebody godly and sanctified uh, that's got a prayer life, uh, that's been out of a prayer room and been on fire for God, and they walk into the room. Uh, something begins to change. Uh, something changes that atmosphere. Uh, 
and God is glorified. They can literally bring their alabaster boxes, break them at his feet, and get the attention of Jesus. I'm here for one reason, that is to worship Jesus. I'm trying to quickly come to a close. Let me tell you, Brother Paul, something about Mary's worship that day. It was spontaneous. She didn't wait for the spirit to move her. She didn't wait for the organ to crank up. She didn't wait for the tambourines to get to beating. She didn't wait for the right beat or the right tune. She didn't wait until just the right time in service. She didn't wait for the praise team just to hit that, hit that bridge and just hit that high note and just rock that. No, no. She walked in without apology. She walked in, didn't care what Peter, try to stop me, Peter. James, you, you sit down and shut up and go sit down over there. I believe the little lady walked in in authority. She said, all y'all doing is sitting around talking to the Messiah. You ought to be understanding the seasons and the times. He's supposed to be crucified. He's needing to feel the support of worshipers right now in this most defining moment. Oh, we're, we're sitting and arguing who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? No, she didn't walk in. No, she walked in without apology. She began to worship him when no one else was worshiping. I will tell you what is going to bring about a revival like we've never seen when all of us begin to worship the Lord God Almighty spontaneously. Well, I'll run the aisles if Brother Paul runs the aisles. Some of you ladies are waiting on Sister Caller to take another lap around here, and that's okay. But what if we just shocked the devil every now and then and said, you know what? I'm not waiting on Brother So-and-so. I'm not waiting on Sister So-and-so. But spontaneous, Brother Dakota began to worship. Brother Logan began to worship. Brother Tristan. Oh, my God. If somebody, I'm not waiting on Brother Jeff. I'm going to worship God for my... For myself, spontaneous worship attracts the master. Nobody has to tell me to clap my hands. Nobody has to tell me to raise my hands. I do it because he's been too good to me. It's the power of commitment. Musicians come. You can remain standing. The fifth and final thing that Mary did. That I want every one of us to understand today. Mary worshipped without reservations. What do you mean, Pastor? The precious box represented her life's wealth. It represented the things that she thought were valuable to her before she met Jesus. This possible family heirloom represented her past, her pedigree, her saving, her dreams, her goals, her ideas. Of what was truly important. 
in her life. You notice football. I don't have an alabaster box, but I do have a vial of oil. She just didn't take the box. If she would have just uncorked the bottle or unscrewed the top, she could have put the cap back on it and put it back in her little, probably her little sack that she walked in there with it. When I read that in Scripture, it speaks volumes to me of the power of commitment. You see, Mary removed all possibility and opportunity to pour it out now and refill it later. She came to Jesus like this. I love you so much, Jesus, that I'm going to break this thing that I think is of such value so that I can't pick it up later and gain my value from it. But my value from this day forward will be in you, not from this. Our value is not in our trucks and our cars and our toys. I'm not here preaching against I have all that you want, but that's not where our value comes from. Our value comes from my commitment to Jesus. Would you be willing to break the box today at his feet? I'm afraid and I'm alluded to this. Don't let things become a God in your life. Don't let them become such an attachment that God says. You're loving that more than you're loving me. Are you willing to get rid of that to serve me? It means nothing. If we gain the whole world. And lose our soul. Some of us in this room right now, you need to break a few boxes. Some of you need to walk. We need to walk to an altar and crush our pride, crush our arrogance, crush our self-righteousness, crush our unforgiveness, crush our jealousy. And say, God, I'm here in this house today to totally commit to you. A commitment to your cause and whatever you ask of me, that will I do. I will do it, God. I'll be separated unto this gospel. I'll share the gospel to someone that has never heard truth. I'll worship you because you've been so good to me. God's reaching for you today. God's trying to God's trying to bring you into a place today. A 
a place of relationship. Mary got to a place where relationship could be initiated because she was willing to, to come to that house. Jesus was forced to meet her at her level of commitment. She gave all and he gave her all. Would you just begin to pray in your own way? I want to open this altar. Maybe you haven't responded yet, but there's altars. There are places that you can pray right now. But you can give yourself today to God. You can repent of your sins. You can say, God.